0: matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express you breeze through the card member entrance,
1: stop by the lounge now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet this is gonna be good see how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex, don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required, benefits vary by card and by venue terms apply Oh, back again, the Hangtime Podcast, Sekou Smith here at headquarters in Atlanta, my main man, Greg Anthony.
2: What's up, Alongside in the
1: studio. What's up, sir? Players only. Just, you know,
2: playing what we play.
1: (laughs) That's all we do. (laughs) G.A., this is a, a strange time of this young season to look up, and we've had a coaching casualty already, obviously, in Earl Watson, but that was right away. David Fisdale and not Not surprising. Right, and nobody, you know, was shocked. Mm-mm. But David Fisdale, the Western Conference, you know, turning upside down. Player injuries, coaching changes. Um, David Fisdale fired Monday after an eight-game losing streak. Got into it with Mark Gasol, benchmarked Gasol for the fourth quarter of a game. Gasol was not happy that he had to watch the end of that Nets game on Sunday. Well, have
2: probably should have played a little better. <laughs> this is a, this was a
1: five-in-one team. After, you know, after yeah. the first couple weeks of the season, losers of 11 of the last 13, Mike Conley been out. What, you shocked that, that yes. they made that move?
2: Yes, and let's not put it all on Fisdale, um, who I have a lot of respect for as a person and a coach. Sometimes when a team's not playing well, I mean, you have to factor in injury, losing Mike Conley. That, that's huge. But let's not pretend that the personnel decisions that have been made over the last few years by that organization – have been good ones, whether it be from a draft standpoint or a free agent signing standpoint. So a lot of things that they've done have not materialized. And and so basically you could argue you're making Fisdale a fall guy. Have they struggled? Absolutely. But I don't know what you would have expected without Conley yeah. on that roster.
1: They don't win games without Mike Conley.
2: No, no. Yeah. Without that roster, it, it's going to be a challenge. And quite frankly, let's have realistic expectations. I thought this was probably a 500 team coming in realistically, mm-hmm. and the health has been an issue. And and obviously, there's probably things going on that we are not certain of. Marcus All being upset about not playing the fourth quarter, he should be upset. Yeah. Question is, who should he be upset with?
1: <laughs> himself. Yeah.
2: Sometimes you know you got to. We talk a lot in this business, in pro sports in general, about accountability. And being accountable, and sometimes you got to be able to accept the fact that you know what I'm not getting it done. I got to be better. Yeah. Um, and so it's unfortunate, but now what no, there are no excuses. And you know, the hope is that that organization. And I'm a big Marcus fan. This is not a knock on. So mind, am I. So am I. But they're going to have to do some soul searching and some personnel searching moving forward because it, let's face it, it is a very flawed roster with not a lot of prospects for the future when you look at the breakdown of that western conference i'm talking about the young teams that are on the rise i don't see the same type of rise from memphis in terms of their core young assets yeah
1: you i mean from a player's perspective you've been through this coaching changes in, in the midst of a season you know when you're in vancouver you had brian winners Stu jackson after 43 games but yeah. that 0102 season in chicago too. was something else tim yeah. floyd the to Bill Barry after twenty five games, Barry to Bill Cartwright after yeah. just a couple and, and to finish the season with Bill Cartwright. Yeah. And it was a Christmas resignation, you know, for Tim Floyd. I mean, talk about coming down at a strange time. Yeah. What was that like? Well, just trying to navigate that season for the players.
2: I and looking back on it, I felt bad for Tim Floyd from this standpoint. Remember, he was hired to lose.
1: Remember, that
2: was <laughs> remember. right after the Michael Jordan era. Yes. Jerry Cross, God rest his soul, who I, you know, should be, I think, you know, is a Hall of Fame in terms of what he's done. He was deserving. But at that time, I think he thought he had more to do with being able to make something out of nothing. You right. know, he was and, – and listen, he actually drafted pretty well. You know, Eddie Curry didn't pan out the way a lot thought, but he was a more than serviceable big. Mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler still playing. Still playing. In the NBA has won a championship if I'm not mistaken and proved. Eddie to be pretty good. he Curry has as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Uh so but that was at a time when the guys out of high school weren't ready to impact the NBA. And you could argue they're still not. I mean, obviously LeBron is probably the only guy that came right out of high school that played at that level from day one. Kobe wasn't a starter. You know, in the yeah. conversation uh one of the great shooting guards of all time, great players of all time. Kobe wasn't a starter his first year. And struggled Wasn't ready plenty. to yeah, be a starter. struggled plenty is, is You sure. know, and so that era, player evaluation, player development hadn't caught up to where we are today. So yep. that was a tough one to go through the kind of losing Tim Floyd went through, that that team went through. I was only there for that year, thank God. <laughs> because that, I'm going to tell you, when you lose a lot, it, it does make the locker room unsettling. It it does create a lot of friction and tension, even when you know you're not going to win, which was the case with the Bulls. Right. Grizzlies a little bit more difficult because of the shock. I, I I don't think they could have ever foreseen an eight game losing streak. Yeah, uh, even absent the injury, and that that obviously plays a
1: role in it. The injury issue. Speaking of Blake Griffin, out two months with a sprain left MCL after mm. Austin Rivers fell on his knee the other night in the game against the Lakers. It's, of all the players in the league who didn't want to see yeah. another injury, cost them time. It's got to be Blake Griffin. I mean, Yeah. The, and this is, you know, you, you compound this with Patrick Beverly being out. For the year. For the year. Yeah. After microfracture surgery. Danilo Gallinari, still not back. Ted Osich, still on the injured list. I mean, for, don't even worry about Blake's psyche because that's, yeah. something, that's another monster altogether you have to try and figure out but how do they fix their season if you're doc rivers how do you get this team back on track
2: well i don't know that you fix it at this point because so many first of all it was a new group to begin with where you didn't have a training camp the way you're accustomed to having it so that kind of exacerbates things in terms of developing chemistry and trust and then all your core guys are basically gone. beverly out for the season you, you mentioned gallinari Hasn't been there consistently. Blake now out for two months, so trying to find an identity makes it tough. Now, what it also creates is opportunity. Uh, Austin Rivers is playing some of the best basketball he's played, right. you know, uh, at the league guard position. Uh, so you hope that some other guys can step up and give you more uh, while you try to right the ship. Look, it was a it was a good win for them over the Lakers the other night. That uh, that that was a really good win when you're struggling. Every win's good. And now with so much parity in the league, it's even harder, right? You don't have what we used to call those chicken soup games where you could go get healthy. You know, now basically everybody you play is capable of beating you. And and that's why it's going to be a tremendous challenge for Doc Rivers and that group to sniff the playoffs. And it was going to be a challenge, if healthy, I think, for them to get into the postseason.
1: The Clippers aren't the only team dealing with injury issues in the West you know, Kawhi Leonard we have not seen yet this year. Still trying to work his way back from a quadriceps injury. Tony Parker just came back for the Spurs. Yeah. Greg Popovich says that they'll get Kawhi back shortly. And the Spurs are still in the mix, obviously. They're going to yeah. do what the Spurs do, uh, top three in the West right now. Paul Millsap is out for for months after wrist surgery. Yeah. Um, Rudy Gobert is going to miss at least two, you know, possibly three more weeks for Utah even though he was rocking a monster leopard skin shirt (laughs) that I'm going to try and get one of. Um, we, We were clowning last night Sam Mitchell and I. Sam dared me to get a leopard skin onesie and uh, wear it or a suit, full and suit. And then post that, on, post that on Instagram, player. <laughs> yeah.
2: Post that on Instagram. I got to see that. In fact, you could probably use Rudy Gobert's <laughs> yeah, and just, just stitch your it up a little bit, and that'd be a onesie for you.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's a lot of material. That's, that's a lot of leopard. Lot of, that's a whole lot of leopard he could lend me. Uh, Rudy, I'm sure the shirt costs big money, but you need to donate it to a good cause. Um, we mentioned Mike Conley in Memphis. The, the door is cracked for yeah. some other teams to, to kind of move into position mm-hmm. to take advantage of this over the next couple months. You know, New Orleans, Minnesota, and certainly a Portland Trailblazers team that's kind of flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. But that is all up in the mix in the Western Conference right now, in the fourth spot at thirteen eight, trying to trying to figure themselves out. And, you know, very, I think,
2: of all those teams trying to figure it out, along with New Orleans, I think are probably the best position because – they do, for the most part, have everybody there. They're not healthy, but they've got all their core pieces now. It's just going right. to be a matter of getting some uh, repetition and establishing some continuity. Uh, you got to assume that OKC is going to figure some things out at some at point. Some point yeah. But you know, two and eight on the road, man, that, it is. And that's what, it's like, struggling. when I look at the schedule, or I should say the standings. I always tell people: always focus on the road games because. Mm-hmm. The road, the road tells you who you really are. Sure. And so when you're two and eight, as they are right now, Utah one and seven, that really speaks volumes. Because if you look at the top teams in that in that Western Conference, you Golden State, Houston, yeah. they got solid road records. Yeah. San Antonio, without Kawhi and Tony Parker, basically up to this point were in essence a 500 team on the road. Portland's two games over. You know, Minnesota's 500. So like those teams, to me. They're they're legit. When you're 500 team on the road, that's that's when you know you're a legit basketball team.
1: GA, we mentioned the Blazers. Nobody better to talk to about the Portland Trail Blazers than Jason Quick, who is man, he's covered the team for so long. I can't. Was he
2: there when I was there? Damn, I
1: can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, it was my first year, Greg. Yeah. Damn! I Damn, hey, I was trying to make
2: a joke. I was trying to be funny.
1: <laughs> Insider for NBC Sports Northwest, Jason Quick, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Jason, I, I'm just going to go ahead and get right to it. Um, have you cut open the arm, the chest of this Blazers team yet? I know we're not deep, deep into the season, but you got to do an autopsy on this. I'm trying to figure out, are they the Jekyll or Hyde team that I watch on League Pass all the time? Which – which group are they?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they even know who they are quite <laughs> yeah. yet. Uh, everything's been been evolving so much. You know, they're they're three and zero now with this new starting lineup with Pat Connaughton at a small forward. They're getting Al Farouk Aminu back uh, Thursday against the Bucks. He missed thirteen games. He was the starting power forward. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things kind of in flux. But the one constant with this team all year is is a thing that nobody thought they'd be good at and that's defense mm. you know this team for a long part of last year was the worst defensive team in the nba and right now they have the third best defensive rating and so that has allowed them to kind of uh overcome some inconsistencies with the rotation some inconsistencies with shooting uh so they're I think they're feeling pretty decent about where they're at right now. Jess, I think you hit
2: it on the head. I, the fact that that has been the constant has to bode well. And, you know, sometimes we get caught up in dissecting a team so much. But bottom line is they're a half game out of the three spot. 20, oh, you know, a quarter into the season with yeah. the injuries and, you know, everything else, the inconsistency. I can't imagine that they could have asked for a better position at this point of the season.
0: Well, they still feel like uh, they kicked some games away. You know, the one thing about the Blazers is they've had a pretty easy schedule. They've played Phoenix twice. They've played Brooklyn twice. They've played Sacramento twice. So it's not like they have faced a lot of upper echelon teams yet. Uh, they have a, a really important homestand coming up now. They've got Milwaukee, New Orleans, Washington, and Houston so I think we'll learn a lot about them in the next seven to 10 days. But, uh, you know, again, I think in the NBA, if you play defense and, and that's kind of a thing, that's your hallmark, that's the thing you hang your hat on, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. And the fact that they have a body of work now, 21 games, where they've been in the top three defensively in the NBA, I I think that's why they're feeling good. They know that their shots are going to come and, and that the offense will start clicking eventually. Uh, so I, I think they're, they're feeling okay, even though they feel like their record should be better than it is right now. Yeah,
1: Jason, I, I'm always kind of mystified by Dame Lillard, who I think is, is like one of those guys who you look at and say, man, this is one of the league's best players who never gets credit. You know, from the outside world, it seems like, for being one of the league's best players. You know, he's fighting uphill to make all star teams because of the stacked, you know, position in the Western Conference. Even on his own team, you look at it and go, well, you know, he's got CJ McCollum, he's got Nurkic, he's got some other pieces now, but he's the catalyst. But somehow we keep not getting the connection, you know, and I know he's fought that his entire career, you know, playing it, you know, where he did in college and all that. Has Dame finally eased into his identity in the league and kind of resigned himself to the fact that he's going to have to play the underdog role, basically, until further notice?
0: Yeah, kind of. You know, but there's a couple things why I think he, he hasn't got the league-wide recognition, and, and one has been his defense. He has been a brutal defender mm-hmm. early in his career. But this year, the, re- the biggest reason the Blazers have made the big jump defensively It's because Damian Lillard came to camp and said, I'm going to be better defensively this year. And he kind of likened it to uh, when Kevin McHale talked about James Harden not having a voice in the locker room because, you know, they would talk about defense or he'd get up and talk about defense. And everyone's looking at him like, well, you don't play defense. (laughs) And Dame takes his leadership role very seriously with the Blazers. And he didn't want to be that guy sitting here saying, come on, guys, we need to get better on defense. You need to do this and that and not be able to back it up. And so he and C.J. McCollum said they spent every workout this summer, the first 30 minutes, working on defensive drills, closeouts, mm-hmm. getting around picks, getting through picks, all that kind of stuff. And and plus, they started studying film. And I think that has been a huge thing. They're anticipating plays much better. And uh, so they have a – Part of that just comes with being in the league, you know five or six years, and then part of that is just knowing that hey i've got to study this i've got to this this is part of being a professional so both dame and c j have improved their defense, and I think that will garner him more uh respect league wide because I think before he was just a one way player right mm-hmm. and then two also he's always struggled with his field goal, he takes a ton of shots and he he's never really shot a high field goal percentage. This year he's at 41% and 33% from three. And uh, and those are actually up yeah. over the last week. So I, I think uh, he's a high-volume shooter. Portland allows him to take kind of some crazy shots. Yeah. And I think maybe some coaches uh, look at him that way and say, well, you know, there's a reason why his, his points are way up there is because he's shooting a lot of shots. Yeah. Is
2: it fair to say also that one reason why he hasn't, gotten into that conversation, uh, when you start talking about the very best guards is because the lack of team success. You know, this is a this team is on pace probably to be, in terms of the record, one of the better teams he's been on. And they're at least you know, they're only three and a half out of the one spot. So it's not like, you know, in years past where even if you were the four seed, you weren't really considered Relevant, you know what I mean in that Western Conference because yeah. you're, you know, you're twelve games back or, or whatever, fifteen games back. This year, there seems to be a lot more parity in that Western Conference, uh, where Golden State has kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Now, that could be a regular season thing, but do you feel like that might uh, help his case in terms of how people view
0: him? Definitely, but I he one of the things one of his kind of red button topics is the is the fact that, hey, I have led this team to the playoffs the last four years. And keep in mind, this is the third youngest team in the NBA, and this team was gutted when LaMarcus left. You know, mm-hmm. LaMarcus left, Wesley Matthews left, Nick Batum left, Robin Lopez left, and he was left with a bunch of role players. You know, Al Farouk Amino came in, Ed Davis, and he turned that team into the fifth seed and the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so he feels like his body of work has, has uh, shown that he's a winner. Yeah. They haven't won on on the big stage, you know, they haven't got past the second round, but uh, I don't know. I, I have so much respect for Damian Lillard in my 19 years covering the Blazers. I don't know that there's another player that I respect more just because he does so much for the culture of this team and he's such a great teammate and he is truly about winning. He's he doesn't I mean he does care about his stats, but it's not the biggest thing fueling him. He wants to win. He doesn't he doesn't mind sharing the spotlight with CJ, he doesn't mind sharing shots with CJ. So he's the he's the guy that makes this team go and he's the one who has established the culture. He's he's such a hard worker. I just think he's he's one of the most important players to a to a franchise in the league. I'm not going to call him a most valuable player, but I think he's very important. His importance to this franchise is uh immeasurable
1: you mentioned cj mccollum jason he's one of my favorite players because of you know kind of the craftiness of his game you know to beautiful to watch yeah i mean just such a a shot maker and a ball handler and a guy who's tenacious i know you know i know they're not considered a great defensive backcourt by any stretch but they at least make you work as hard on on one end to deal with them as, as they would have to deal with you is his game matured the way you thought it would after what he did early in his career?
0: That's a good question. I, yeah, I think he's entering that that all-star conversation.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: he, he is probably one of the best shot makers in this league. I mean, his imagination, his creativeness is, is really incredible. This season, I, he's not having a great year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's missed... He led the league in, in free throws last year and he's missed two crucial, crucial free throws at the end of games. And then he's also uh, missed a potential game winner and he's had some, you know, three for eighteens type nights. So he hasn't found that groove and that consistency quite yet. But man, he is, he's so good. <laughs> he is, <laughs> and and I think, you know, I spoke to it earlier. He is he's understanding that it's not just when you go out there on the court. There's a lot of preparation and taking care of your body and, and studying film, and he has really embraced that and understood that. He's, he's a very mature young player, and I think he has he has done a great job of uh, embracing all of that and preparing himself. He is a very well-prepared uh, player from a physical and kind of strategic standpoint. Yeah, definitely. Jason Quick,
1: Blazers Insider for NBC Sports Northwest, one of the best in the biz. Jason, I used to always enjoy reading your stuff when you were working in newspapers, just the the in-depth nature of of the stuff you did, the the takeouts and kind of the deep dives. You're doing that obviously still at at a different outlet and I want to make sure people know where to find you um, if they haven't already. One last thing before we let you get out of here. Do you feel like this team, this group, and I remember they were kind of wrestling with what their identity would be collectively, with with Nurkic in tow. And I know that he's got a big summer coming up, but with he mm-hmm. and Dame and C.J., is that enough in the in the Western Conference if we're projecting the next couple of years? Is that enough of a quote unquote big three to build a legitimate contender? Um, or do they need something else, or is there another piece that has to be added for these guys, like in terms of a, yeah. a, a core piece?
0: Yeah, they, they, need, uh, they need some shooting on the wing. Mm. They're getting killed right now uh, because Maurice Harkless is having uh, a terrible year. Yeah. Evan Turner can't shoot the three. Uh, Pat Connaughton has given them a little bit of a lift now that he's in the starting lineup there, but uh, teams can just load up on Dame and CJ and they need, they need somebody to provide some spacing. Yeah. And, uh, right now their wings have been, it's been a real sore spot for them. So I think they need a dynamic three, uh, or even a four, yeah. a, a four who can space. So I, I think that's the next logical step for this team to, to take the next step is they need a, a dynamic wing to, to help spread the court
1: for them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, in a in a Western conference, in a league where all these young teams are are putting together the, the pieces, you know, and the building blocks for the future, I'm going to be very curious to see what this Blazers team uh, puts together. Jason Quick from NBC Sports Northwest, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time during a busy season. You've been at them so long. I mean, GA was still playing when you were yeah, that is covering crazy. that team. That's frightening. Just to Isn't that amazing? Think about this old gray <laughs> beard sitting next to me.
0: <laughs> all right thanks for having thanks us.
1: jason appreciate you all right see ya. that team is going to be interesting though just to see where they where they go from here ga um, yes you know it's going to be very interesting to see how long they stick with whatever blueprint they have now before they decide you know what this is not working we got to come up with a new, new
2: plan yeah and i think he hit on it with that wing position those guys haven't developed mo harkless yeah. is kind of taking a step, step back. back yeah you
1: know. Alfred Camino is what he is. Yeah, and, and he's and you actually, like the energy before the and, entry, yeah.
2: he was sh- shooting 43 from three. Right. I mean, he's shot the three well for them, but they, I think you hit it right the head. So they they don't have that third guy. If you look at all the best teams, you know, and you could argue maybe Houston doesn't have that third guy.
1: But even if they don't, the combination of Trevor Ariza yeah.
2: and Clint All Compella, those other guys, yeah. That's enough they, of a third, yeah. out, you know. They're all good. They're yeah. really good at what they're asked to do. Yeah. Um the 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 Blazers don't have a guy that they know and more importantly their opponents know they don't they have don't, a guy. Yeah. yeah. And it allows them to defend them differently and we're going to find out a lot. He mentioned that their next that home That's stand right, all yeah. playoff teams. Yeah. Uh they have not been tested yet schedule-wise and we're going to find out if they legitimately can be a four seed. Uh, in that Western Conference, which I think is going to be monumental in terms of having a chance to win a playoff series. Uh, that 4-5, as it always is, is is the one you're going to look at and say that team has a chance to get out of that second round. It's not an upset. right? So that home court very well could come into play and determine
1: who gets to that second round. Looms large. Looms large. From Jason Quick knocking it out for us, all about the Portland Trailblazers, now we get into our main man, John Schumann, with the Schumann stack. Fells, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Where you Sue? at, you? Where are you, sir?
4: I am in Philadelphia at the uh, whatever they call it now center. <laughs> the uh, process. Watching uh, Jody Meeks uh, shoot some shots. Mm-hmm. Wizards about to play the Sixers here. Okay. Uh, so. um... I know you guys were talking Blazers, though, today, so I, I was just looking, cruising the Blazers' stats.
1: Of course. And I Timed. noticed
4: that uh, Damian Lillard was shooting 93% from the free-throw line mm-hmm. on about a little less than eight attempts per game. Okay. And that seemed pretty unique to me because 90% is, you know, elite. But, you know, you don't think of, like, the, the great free-throw shooters getting that many attempts per game. In fact, I was looking at, you know, eight of the top ten guys all time and free throw percentage um, attempted less than four attempts per game, mm. um, and that includes Stephen Curry, who's who's third on the list. But like guys like Steve Nash, uh, Mark Price, Asia Ray Allen, you know, didn't get to the line that often. So ninety three percent on almost eight attempts per game seemed pretty unique to me. So I went look. Nobody has ever shot ninety percent on seven or more attempts per game over a career. But seven guys have done it in a full se- in a season where mm-hmm. they played at least fifty games. Okay. All right, first so there's seven guys who've done this in history. Rick Barry. <laughs> no nope, close. Rick Barry of the of the Rick Barry's the only guy who, is, over his career shot ninety percent on more than four attempts per game. He was at five point three attempts per game, but never
1: never that uh, many. And never
4: did it in a season where he had at least seven. Okay. Uh, attempts per game. So seven done. guys have done, done it. A few guys have done it multiple times. Any ideas, just off the top of your head, before I sort of break it down a little bit?
1: Uh, Steph Curry. Nope. Um, Curry's
4: close. Curry's right now ninety-four percent on six point six attempts per game. I think that's his most attempts per game uh, for his career.
1: Who would be a? Who would be somebody who piled up free throws? Let's see. Uh, what about uh, Larry Bird? Larry Bird.
4: No. Oh. Correct. Not. Not correct. But uh, Larry Bird's
2: era, uh, maybe his biggest rival. Magic Johnson.
4: Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson yeah. did it really?
2: twice. Wow. Funny story yeah. about Magic in that is uh, Isaiah was telling it, you know, in the summers, he and Mark Aguire, you know, they'd be in the gym working on their games, mm-hmm. you know, their one-on-one, all their moves and everything. And he said, Magic, man, he'd just be at the other side of the court just shooting free throws. <laughs> and he'd just be over he there did. with his little – and then he said all of a sudden – he added six more points a game <laughs> just by making free throws, <laughs> by shooting over ninety percent from the line.
4: Yeah, uh, wow. he did it in late in his career 88-89, 91 percent on seven point three attempts per game, and then ninety, ninety one, uh, the year they went, you know, they lost to the Bulls in the finals, ninety one percent again on 7, 3, 7.3 attempts per game. So wow. late in his career is when he um, he was able to do it. So
1: what about uh, what about Dirk Nowitzki?
4: Dirk, yeah, he's the only guy who's done it three times. 2005, 2006,
1: 2007. Good call.
4: 2009, <laughs> 2010.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I was all figuring right, it so, had to be
1: Dirk, the way he shoots free throws and, and, he, and, and what, kind was, yeah, yeah. what kind of volume he was getting. All right.
4: So there are three other guys that have done it who are retired. The first guy, whoever did it, did in the '50s. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He's, the, I think, he's the only like true big man on this list. Hall of Famer and had a son who also played in the league.
1: Dolph Shays. Dolph Shays.
4: Dolph Shays, right. 57 <laughs> 50, uh, One of only two guys to do it on more than nine attempts per game. Wow. So pretty impressive. That is impressive. Um, other two guys that are retired, one is a Hall of Famer that works for Turner.
1: Well, we Reggie Miller. We know it's not Shaq.
4: Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller had the highest uh, free throw percentage on at least seven attempts per game, 91.8% in 1991. Mm-hmm. The other guy is recently retired more recently retired, maybe a, a, a future Hall of Famer works for, works for ESPN.
2: Chauncey Billups.
4: Chauncey Billups.
2: Yeah.
4: 2000 did it in in Denver actually 2009 2010. All right, so now we have we had Dirk and we have two more active guys. One of them has done it twice as probably known as, you know, one of the best shooters in the league.
1: How many attempts to, and you said it has to be
4: at least 7 attempts 90% on at least seven attempts per game. Right. In at least 50 games. In at least 50 this games. This guy, so. yeah, this guy is a former MVP.
1: Kevin Durant, maybe?
4: Kevin Durant. Yep. 2009-10, 2012-13. He did it on, he's the only guy that's ever done it on more than 10 attempts per game. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think it was 12. No, in, that's in crazy 2009-2010, mm-hmm. 90%, exactly 90% on 10.2 attempts per game. Pretty amazing. So he did it twice. The only other guy, active guy, to do it did it last year. Um, sort of came uh, at a. It was an. It was I think top five MVP voting last year. Mm-hmm. James Harden. Nope.
1: Kawhi Leonard. Nope. No. Yeah. Well, hmm. was LeBron. Who nope. was top five MVP? Russ. No. Nope. No. Who
4: was number five in MVP voting last year. I think it was. I think he was number five. Isaiah Thomas. Voting. Isaiah IT. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. that's right. The
1: other Isaiah 91% Thomas.
4: 91% on 8.5 attempts per game. That's the fifth most attempts that anybody's ever had. Uh, and he's the shortest 91. guy to do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we got the tallest yeah, L- and Lillard, the shortest on Lillard the list. is like 15th all-time right now. Lillard also this season 21 for 21 on clutch free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, score within five in the last five minutes, 21 for 21, which is uh, pretty impressive.
1: Shoot, what was your high school shooting percentage, free throw percentage, <laughs> and three-point percentage?
4: Oh, I didn't. I don't know if I even attempted a three. We didn't even have three. <laughs>
1: point. We didn't have no, three have, pointers I in high school.
4: Have them like my. I think we got the three point line when I was maybe in eighth grade. Uh huh. Yeah. But like it was like we it was it, we were you know like I didn't have that kind of range. I don't know. Maybe I did have that range, but like I, I barely shot 3 Free throws, I was all right. I think I made my last ten of my high school career. We need, no where way need where to remember that. We shoe. need to we need so to go back and do
1: some numbers show. crunching on shoes high school stats. Ga. Yeah. <laughs> we need
4: to do
2: They're, some analytics. Uh, pretty
4: underwhelming. So <laughs> I, probably, I think I'm a better player now at age 42 than I was. There at you age go. 70.
1: I feel the same way, shoe. Shoe's, shoe is like way. one of the true, truly elite media ball players. By the yeah. way, <laughs> he's one of game. the only dudes who's still in shape enough, who you know, who's dedicated to the game still enough, and who doesn't kill himself every I'm time he goes out, out there and the try court. to play.
2: I'd be afraid to get on the court. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm washed See, up you as don't, it was. You
1: don't
4: play anymore.
2: I used to play. And then I'd play against my oldest son. It got so bad; both my Achilles and both hamstrings almost went. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't. And that was just one on one. So Wow! So yeah, yeah, I mean, I know
4: that guys that like that. That the next day, it's just it's just too much pain. The following oh, day for about three for four
2: days. Sometimes I know it was. For
4: yeah, me. I, I mean, was I, icing. I have my struggles every time, and then, but it's just too much. And for me, it's just too much fun. Like I can't like put it like it's you know it. I'm going to keep doing it until, you know, something, I blow out a knee or Achilles or a <laughs> hamstring goes I, down, I you know? hope you don't like, get to that, that
2: point. I hope that. that doesn't happen, partner, because that is that. no fun as you get older.
4: But, yeah, still one or two times a week I'm out there.
1: So Trust the shoe press. Trust it. Listen, enjoy uh, that game, shoe. All right, fellas. All right, man. Appreciate we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Yep. John Schumann with the Schumann stat. Uh, Speaking of numbers crunching. I better, I better have handled my business on Bragging Rights. I, again, I don't even remember.
3: That's a no for you, Seiko. <laughs>
1: <laughs> G-Money
2: made up some ground? A game, yes. Oh, <laughs> hey, you gotta make up more than one until you make up one.
3: Slowly, we're creeping back. Ugh. So, Seiko, you had a one and two week. No. Clippers came through against the Lakers. Ugh. GA, oh. two and one. Pistons handled the Celtics. Yeah, yeah they did. As, as predicted. So now, Seiku, you're at seven and five. GA three and
1: nine. Oh yeah, I still right, got a up Let's our, go. Oh, oh, let's go.
2: I'm only back what four games? Yeah, two let's games? go. I'm Twins. good. I'm good. You're let's back get four it. Wins. Oh, that's I can make up three this week.
3: Yeah, the only yeah. two games back. I think I don't know how that works. So, starting Thursday night, Bucks versus Blazers. NBA TV.
1: Ooh. Ooh I'm, I'm going with the Blazers. I'm going Blazers.
2: That's a good call. I'm gonna go Bucks. That's at in Milwaukee. That's in Boston, Portland, in Portland, in Portland. It's going to be tough, but I I think that's going to be Eric Bledsoe's true coming, coming out, out party. Yeah, yeah. I'll make a note of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus point. Yeah, uh, give me an extra win if he has a great game. I know. <laughs> then
3: Friday we've got Wolves versus Thunder. More NBA TV action.
1: I love Ooh. NBA TV. Um, yeah, this week especially, this is great. Thunder. I'm going with the Thunder. They. they... <sighs> Where is that game? Okay, see. They the Thunder got to start putting together, you know, these gaggles of games here where they play well. Not just win, but you got to like start stringing together a stretch of games where you really play well as a group. Yeah, that I I'm with you there. I actually, man, just to make up
2: ground, I want to take the T-Wolves, but I'm kind of <laughs> with you. I think I think I got to go Thunder on that one. I just they're at that sense of urgency point where you know, they they know It's going to be about their effort now. And, listen, they still have the same issues. Even when their big three plays well, they still got to get that supporting cast, particularly their bench, to figure out a way to have an impact. And that's something that Billy Donovan is going to have to think about in terms of trying to stagger his rotation uh, to get those guys some comfort and confidence because right now that second unit has really been struggling. Yeah.
3: Double Thunder. And
2: then the final game, also Friday night, Pelicans versus Jazz. Ooh. Ooh. Where is that game at? Utah. Oh, that's an easy one. Who you got, boss? Mike. Yeah, that's
1: that's tough for us. You know, but with Rudy Gobert out, and as long as Anthony Davis and Boogie are in the line, I'm going I'm to go with the Pelicans and to do a little damage on the road here. Um, they need it, too. They, they need it. They too. do need it. But you know what? Utah is
2: quietly. Starting to play well. better basketball. They've had a really good stretch at home. Uh, they, they're tied for the most home wins, I think, at this
1: point. Fruity Gobert wears that leopard skin shirt again. Yeah, that, that might guy, change my I, mind. I'm
2: going to go out on a limb and take Utah. I still got. I got a hold on my cushion. Yeah, that's why I need this. One. I, I need can take I one, one more. One. I can pick up one this week. I'll be <laughs> all right with that. You
1: just you got the slow and uh, steady approach.
2: Yeah, or I could go two one and uh, all season.
1: Long, long season. Uh, Shout out to uh, Jason Quick of NBC Sports Northwest. Join us. Glad we could get a chance to talk about Portland a little bit. We don't talk trailblazers on here as much as we should. You know, what? we need to go back and do a jailblazers retrospective podcast. See who who else we can dig up. That's probably why we don't talk about the blazers (laughs) much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) In a nutshell, right there.
1: Much love to our man John Schumann every week here with the Schumann Stat. And subscribe to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every week this season. Don't forget to leave a review. Tell us the truth, even if it hurts. No matter how how bad it is, we need to know. We need to love. And we will see you right here next week on the Hang Time Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always... Say
2: kuna matara